Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hey friends, welcome to Soul Talks, where we elevate conversations for intimacy with Jesus and the care of your soul so that you can be strong in your life, your work, your ministry to others. We love having you with us. Yesterday, Bill, it was so fun. We got to be with Pastor Kyle Papano, his church plant, Legacy Church in Tustin, and his young team of 20-something, such godly men and women serving the Lord together. It was so encouraging, even in this COVID-19, to see the way that they are being creative and using technology in social distancing to minister to their people and be faithful to their call. Yeah, we were in a studio on an anxiety panel. We all kept six feet apart, but we had a small group of us there between the uh, recording group and the pastor and the, our friends on the panel with us, Kyle and Chelsea and uh, Brianna Wood. And so it was awesome just to be in the, in the presence of people. And love the way that they're addressing mental health in the church because they're noticing the need for it and the relevance to it. And Jesus had a lot to say that that's really relevant to that. So that's fun. a topic that you, you, our listeners, uh, have heard us talk about. You know, the teachings in the scriptures about fear not and do not be anxious and uh, these kinds of things and the tendency to uh, we have to sort of negate and deny our emotions, which is not what the Bible is teaching. The Bible is teaching us that when we feel these things, to pray them through, to talk them through, to, to work them through so that we're not controlled by our emotions because emotions make wonderful servants, but horrible masters. And that's what Dallas Willard, our mentor and dear friend, Said, and that's what we're talking about today on Souls Talks in honor of Dallas. Not anxiety, but we're talking about the things we learned from Dallas. And we're remembering him because uh, he passed on into glory May 8th, 2013. And so we started a tradition, uh, I think it was a few years ago, where every year at the beginning of May we do a podcast just with uh, thanks to God for the life of Dallas Willard and the things that we've learned from him. And so today, I have a special treat for you as we do that. We're going to be talking about practicing Dallas Willard's daily devotions. And this comes from a talk that Dallas gave. Our friend uh, Bobby Schuler, pastor of the Hour of Power and Shepherd's Grove here in Irvine, California, interviewed Dallas a long time ago, about, uh, oh, probably a few years before Dallas died, so about 10 years ago or so. And he asked him, well, Dallas, you know, what do you do for your daily devotions for you? What, what's a normal day like for you in terms of prayer and scripture meditation? And and Dallas kind of reacted. He didn't really like to talk about himself very no, much. He, <laughs> he wanted to run for cover. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute, you're asking a question about me? <laughs> the whole crowd sort of kind of egged him on a little bit. Yeah, we want to yeah. hear. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, Dallas in his characteristic style said, uh, well... You know, there aren't very many normal days, uh, but I'll tell you what I, I typically try to do and how it flows from there. So it was a very helpful conversation, and I took uh, copious notes on that and have thought a lot about the things that Dallas said and other, other many teachings of his related to this that uh, we've heard on prayer and spiritual disciplines. What's one thing you remember him saying? Well, I think that my favorite thing is uh, just his whole 
uh, like goal in answering this question was to help us understand that the what the point of a quiet time or a devotional time in scripture and in prayer is that we would live our whole lives in God's presence, that we would take hold of Jesus' hand and, uh, as Colossians three seventeen says, do all that we do in Jesus' name, meaning in his presence and for his glory. So Brother Andrew, Frank LeBach talked about that as practicing God's presence throughout the day. Such a helpful term and, and concept for us to practice. But Dallas also talked about making an intentional decision to be Jesus's apprentice. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of it too. Yeah, that changed my life. When, when I heard that, oh, it's probably 20 years ago now, uh, as I learned about Dallas and was reading his books. I started listening to his teachings on CD and we both did that. And, uh, we've logged, uh, thousands of Willard hours, uh, just absorbing his teachings from the scripture and from life that helped to apprentice us to Jesus. And I just remember the time I was in my car, I was driving to church where I was working as a pastor at the time and he was talking to the audience, but I just, it was like the spirit of Jesus was just talking right to my heart. And I just felt pierced in my heart, warmed with a sense of God's presence. And as Dallas was very earnestly, um, maybe even with some, some tears because it was so, uh, such a passion on his heart, but he, he just said, he said to me something like, you know, have you, have you ever made a decision to just live your whole life as an apprentice of Jesus and to seek to bring all that you do, all the situations of your life into the kingdom of God? And I just thought, well, sort of, but not, not like that. <laughs> and so I just, right there I did. I mean, I'd been a Christian leader. I was a pastor at the time, Christian psychologist and been teaching others uh, and very devoted to the Lord, but there was something about the way Dallas said that that it was just riveting with the opportunity for intimacy with the Lord and uh, purposefulness of being a student of Jesus's. And so after that, I just started thinking carefully through every role in my life, pastor, counselor, husband, father, friend, how I drive my car, uh, just thing after thing, and, just, and I would just one at a time think about these things and pray. And say, now, how would Jesus do that if he was Bill? And it made a big difference in how I approach things. It really did. Dallas really gave us a greater vision for what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You know, you and I had sang that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> you know, we, we'd sung that, we believed it. We would say we were followers of Christ, and we were. And yet, the seriousness to which we were committed to following him. He, Jesus had a lot more to teach us about that, and he used Dallas to help us with that. You know, one of the things that Dallas did, he, he was creative and winsome in this message and giving us this vision and enthralling us with Jesus and life with him. But he also had some ways of confronting our Christianity and how kind of we would think of it as, well, Dallas would say, so many of us are vampire Christians. We think about Jesus, give me a little bit of your blood to wash me of my sin, and then we you know, go away and say thank you, or we look towards our faith in Christ as being an insurance policy to get us into heaven later, and we're missing so much about actually learning from Jesus, the smartest person that ever lived, Dallas said, and as he confronted us with those things and that sense of 
the smartest person that ever lived is right here with me right now. And I get to learn from him how to live my life. He would live it if he were me. That vision was so compelling, so helpful. Yeah, see what you're reeling there, Christy, is the integration of our spiritual life and our ordinary life, our, our family life, our work life, and so forth. And, and that was something that Dallas constantly emphasized. And that's what he meant by the term apprenticeship, a, a very practical way of describing discipleship to Jesus, to say, you know, this isn't just something that you do in church or in your quiet times, but it's something you do all day long, every day. Now, uh, the quiet times or de- devotions are an important part of this. And so it's interesting, you know, as it was so commonly the case with Dallas, he had a different view on things. Some of that's because he was a philosopher. Some of that's because he read the, the ancient devotional masters. Um, he, and he just had a, a different way of describing things that was really uh, got our attention and helped us to find that, that angle or that, that spirit into the Father's world. So what were Dallas's daily devotions like as he answered this question in, in this uh, church service? He it was it's really, rather disarming, and this is something he talks about in The Divine Conspiracy, but he basically went back to children's prayers and said, you know, it really, we just really need to be a little kid before God. And so he said, you know, before I get out of bed, I, I lay in bed and I, I go over Psalm 23 uh, that I learned as a boy in the Lord's Prayer, and I pray those. And he said, you know, I don't just rattle them off like we're accustomed to do. He said, you know, I let them soak in me. I just saturate myself in, in these words and these prayers of Scripture, the prayers of David, the prayers of Jesus. And uh, each phrase, he would just dwell on that phrase and spin off little prayers off of that. It was so helpful to hear him share that and to begin to do that because it's something that I could do wherever I was. If I didn't have my Bible within reach or if my eyes were blurry and tired and I couldn't quite read or, you know, it was dark in the room and I didn't want to wake you. These were things that I could do. And it was so much more helpful to do that than to lay there and be starting to worry about the day or anticipate or start to try to problem solve in my brain how I was going to tackle the problems I was going to face. Yeah, before I heard that teaching from Dallas, I used to just get out of bed and, and you know get ready to start start working or whatever I was going to do or or have a, have a quiet time. In my better days, I would begin with, with a time of devotion, but it was something I would do over there at my desk. And realizing, well, no, I, I want the first words of my mouth and the first uh, thoughts, feelings of my heart to be an expression of love for Jesus and for Abba. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer says the same thing in his great book, Life Together. And so that gave me a new, a new vision and a new heart for beginning the day. And then learning from Dallas and then seeing you practice this, Christy, just, you know, laying in bed and before I get up and, and meditate on a scripture and that's been a great way just to begin the day with, with resting and cal- calm down that shot of adrenaline I get in the morning, like, okay, I got stuff to do. This is great. And the purpose of this pause is so that we can enter into the day with the Lord because we're so vulnerable, especially those of us who are our pastors and ministry leaders, we're so vulnerable to be doing our, our work for the Lord. In our, and that's exactly what we need to do, except it's not the way to do it. The way to do our work for the Lord is to do it with the Lord. 
And that's what, what Dallas is really uh, aligning himself with as he's soaking in Psalm 23 or the Lord's Prayer. So good. And, you know, it's really in line with Scripture. It's what Colossians 3, 1 to 2 says, you know, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Yeah, I just love love that that verse, and that, that's from one of the passages that we've memorized in Colossians 3, one of Dallas's electric passages of Scripture. There's a bunch of those, but uh, it just gets us right where we need to be and see that's one of Dallas's great teachings is the importance of vision. Uh, this came up even yesterday as we were doing the, the broadcast for the uh, Stopping the Spiral of Anxiety for, for Legacy Church, uh, and you can watch that uh, on their um, um homepage, Legacy Church in uh, Tustin, California, but as, and we'll put that on our YouTube page also, and our Soul Shepherding YouTube page. So we were talking about disciplines to help with anxiety, and we just needed to remind, remind everybody that, well, the power to do these disciplines comes out of the vision of life with Jesus in the Father's world, and it comes out of being captivated by Christ and the Father and the kingdom. And that's where we get that, that energy and that motivation in our hearts to sustain the disciplines. That's so important because otherwise it just, I just fall into legalism and it becomes a have to or a should do. And I began flogging myself and judging myself and measuring myself and guilting myself about a quiet time. And I miss the whole thing of the privilege and the honor of being in relationship with the one that I love who loves me. I think we all make that mistake. And sadly, even us who are teachers, we're we're prone to make that mistake because the disciplines are, especially when you look at the variety of spiritual disciplines and how helpful they are, we we can get uh, just uh, captivated with those disciplines and and not realize that uh, that's going to lead us down into a path of uh, being overscheduled, over over disciplined, trying to manage something, trying to maneuver something, trying to create an outcome, and it's going to become a legalism. And so, if we're not careful when we're giving our messages and our our teachings and our encouragements to other people, we're putting uh, a yoke of legalism on them, even with a theology of grace. And so, the disciplines. Uh, one of the things that Dallas repeated often was that the disciplines are not righteousness; they are medicine. They're uh, treatments for our sin-sick souls and relationships. And so it's, it's through the course of doing some practices, some, some exercises for, for training uh, in godliness over time that helps us to develop good habits of love for God and for other people. And so the disciplines can be so helpful as part of a program of soul care. But we just need to always just keep remember, you know, well, why? Why do you do the disciplines? What's the vision behind it? And Dallas never missed that. This is something we bring out to all of our students in our Soul Shepherding Institute and our spiritual direction training program, which is uh, uh, the latter is online. But we make sure that everybody understands that what's most important is not the disciplines, it's the spirit of the disciplines. And that was the title of Dallas's groundbreaking book, The Spirit of the Disciplines. And the spirit there means the way, the attitude, the demeanor, and that's what we're talking about here, that it needs to be permeated in a, a sense of dependence on God's presence and grace. Okay, so I'm thinking of my cat again, Charlie. <laughs> Sometimes we tease and say he's our soul shepherding mascot. But So 
I'm thinking of Charlie. You know, here he was, this kitten, when we got him, rescued from a junior high school. And he, he knew his need for care. He knew that he was desperate. He had fleas. He had worms. He was little. He was scared. He needed a lot of care. And I loved him. I cared for him. I took care of those problems for him. I spent hours and hours and hours cuddling him to help him to feel safe with me and to trust me and to receive my love. And his discipline in the sense was to submit to my care, to trust my love, to let me comb out the fleas, to let me give him the medicine to treat the worms, to let me teach him how to use his litter box and how to eat and drink and how to, you know, cuddle up and and receive from me. And out of that came this relationship of kind of enthrallment. Like Charlie's enthralled with me. (laughs) So I've seen him. He is enthralled with you. He doesn't seem to have to practice my presence. Like he wants to be with me. Like even this morning I noticed I got out of bed and I went to go to the bathroom and you know, there he is right at my feet. And often throughout the day I'm surprised because it's like, how did he know I was here? Like he's constantly finding me. Like he, I'll get up from somewhere where he, I think he's asleep. He looks like he's totally out of it. And you know, I move location. The next thing I know, he's right there. I haven't made a noise. He's like totally attuned always to where I am and what I'm doing. And he wants to be with me. He's He's got the vision for the cuddles. Yeah. And love. And he, he knows. He knows he needs me. He knows that he, he like knows the goodness that's going to come to him if he puts priority on being near me. And I was looking at him this morning and just, thinking about that and thinking, yeah, I just, I want to be that attuned to the Holy Spirit. I want to be that enthralled with Jesus. And I'm just, I'm alert to his every move. I'm always wanting to be right where he is, right by him, listening to him, looking him in the eye. Cause that's one of the things Charlie does is he looks, you know, he'll look at me, he'll watch me, he watches my facial expressions. He's so attuned. And I'm thinking, I want to be that way with Jesus. And it actually helps me because it I've grown in my vision of relating to Jesus through watching the way Charlie relates to me. Yeah, a vision like that of the goodness of life with Jesus, the gospel message that the kingdom of the heavens are open, they're available to us right right now, that vision will form the intention of our hearts so that we have motivation to do the things that we need to do for this with God life. And practicing yeah. those disciplines. Yeah. So, I mean, Charlie, like he'll, a discipline might be, he does come to me, but by coming to me, he's able to receive strokes of my love or he'll discipline him for the whole jump up on my lap. And then he receives the holding and the cuddling. Like he has a part he's playing in what he receives from me. Yeah. So this great teaching of Dallas's is the, the VIM plan, vision, intention means. Uh, we teach that with the dictum, don't just try train, train with Jesus. And we unpack that in our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke and in a lot of our teachings. So Dallas Willard's quiet times, his daily devotions. So uh, one of the things he said was, you know, your quiet time can't last all day. So what do you do? Well, you take breaks during the day. You're doing your work, you're doing your ministry, you're caring for your family, you're running your errands. But there are going to be some natural transitions between meetings and activities and events and so forth. And so, so you know, well, don't waste those. We, we are prone to waste those and open up our phone and scroll on stuff, check on things. Not that that's wrong. We've got to do that. But there's an opportunity there. In every transition, there's an opportunity to pause, to breathe, 
to pray, God is here, and I want to be in God's presence. And so it's like just rekindling that fire and the that fire of devotion to God in our hearts to remind ourselves that we have reason to smile because we're in God's presence. So sometimes just stopping and praying can do that or praising or, or singing a praise song or practicing a breath prayer. Those are ways that we can just stop and take a pause and connect and appreciate the Lord or even stopping and smiling at the Lord. Yeah, and so we want to develop those habits of the heart. Um, so one of the things that was so great about Dallas's teaching on this is that he said, you know, uh, the thing about uh, a normal day is you're not going to have a normal day. And the thing about having a daily quiet time is that most of us, if we're honest, we're going to say, well, it's not going to happen in the ideal way every day. And if we're dependent on physically sitting at a desk and reading our Bible, and that's what a quiet time means, there's probably going to be days where that doesn't work, and it doesn't work at the same time. And if we try to force ourselves into the model that every morning at this time in this place, this is what I do, that's likely to break down at some point, either in our behavior or in sort of the guilt that we feel that we're not able to to do it as fully or perfectly as as we would hope. And so Dallas was very pragmatic with the spiritual life to say, okay, so, you know, what do you do then? And that's where he would say that, well, it's not as critical as it's often thought and talked about. It's not as critical that we have this daily quiet time. What's Because we have to remember, okay, what's the goal? Well, the goal is to do all that we do in the Lord's presence. And, and so the quiet time is like the medicine that helps us do that. And so if we're able to carry on in God's presence and pray with little arrow prayers as we do what we, we do, and we're able to uh, live out Scripture and call Scripture to mind as, as it's needed, that's the point. And so part of what he did was he backed up and said, well, you know, actually, there's something in your spiritual life and in your devotional life that's more important than a daily quiet time. And he likened it to the analogy of taking a shower in the morning. He said, you know, just imagine if you're, you're taking a shower and there's just drips of water coming out of the shower head. This can take a long time and you're probably never really going to get all wet. He said, when you take a shower, you need the water to just pour out. You need a deluge of water so your whole body gets wet and you can soap up and clean up and then rinse off. And he says, you know, being with God is like that. And that a lot of times our, our daily quiet times, especially in this day and age, we've got lots of different devotional aids and they're, they're all good and helpful, but sometimes we, we end up sort of snacking. <laughs> and when it's snacking through the day, that's really helpful because that's part of this practicing the presence of God that we're talking about. But what really helps us to learn how to keep tuning into God's presence and calling scripture to mind and saying prayers as we do what we do is when we have longer periods of time for, for full immersions, deluge of, of water coming out of that shower head or, or plunging into a whole bath. And so where we can actually have some hours, maybe a half day, maybe a whole day, and so now and again, to have these, these immersions in God's presence, these times of deep study in God's word and other disciplines, what Dallas said is that is more important. And I found this to be really true in my life, and I just love the practicality of that counsel. And so a lot of times, uh, Christy, will like watch one of the Gospels uh, on video 
or on Netflix and just see the whole thing, you know, word for word out of the text of the Bible and see it acted out in front of us. And that's, that's an amazing uh, gospel shower. Or I'll take a, uh, and you do the same thing, we'll take a, a chapter of scripture or, or at least a paragraph and take it on a walk or uh, take it on a jog and just go over and over that passage and memorize that and use it for meditation and use it for prayer. And sometimes I do that for hours and just soaking in God's word and just experience the whole flow of life that comes through scripture and to be renewed by that. And uh, now somebody listening is like overwhelmed, like I couldn't memorize a chapter of scripture. You felt that way, Christy. What did you do with that? I did, but I just ventured on God and I tried it. I, I started with Psalm 1 and just carried it around with me. And when I was waiting for my kids, you know, at choir practice to come out at church, I, I would pull it out. When I hit a red light, I would have it right there where I could look at it and go over it, the phrase in my mind as I was still able to look for the light to change. And it, it actually found that I could do it. I had success with something that was, was smaller and easier. And then I went on to longer chunks like Romans 8. Yeah, which took me a whole year, by the way, to get that chunk. But you had gotten the encouragement of memorizing yeah. Psalm Some 1, Psalm 23, 23. And these are really yeah. uh, visual mm-hmm. uh, passages of Scripture that have, have yeah. imagery and uh, illustration in it. There's a sort of a story in there. Psalm 91 is another one. And that, that, that helps us to, to learn it, uh, absorb it, and memorize it. Yeah, and it's such a grace. I think I have about 25 chapters now memorized. And to have those has been a wonderful blessing, a rich feast for my soul. One of the other things that Dal said about daily quiet times was... Uh, that he's signed. It's really helpful to, if you're doing uh, healthy disciplines that are good for your soul, then a key thing is, well, how do you feel when you don't do them? Yeah. So, so good. I love that when he said that guilt is not a good spiritual motivator for a healthy spiritual life. That was just so helpful. Yeah. Because it's easy, you know, as parents and as uh, Bible teachers, uh, preachers, to try to get people to do what we know is going to help them. And so we, we, we push on the lever of their will, not realizing that we're using uh, pressure, manipulation, guilt. Uh, and that's not a good motivator because for uh, a healthy uh, adult relationship with Jesus, we need an intrinsic motivation, not a people-pleasing motivation or an avoid punishment motivation, but like back to that vision, no, this is, this is good for me. This is going to help me love God better. This is going to help me love other people better. This is going to help me be more effective in my work. This is going to give me more joy. I want this life. This is the best life. That's what we call it, the, the, your best life in Jesus' easy yoke. This is really good. Well, and think about it in marriage. If you only spent time with me because you were guilty, that you felt guilty, like you needed to, you should, and you were beating yourself up when you didn't, that wouldn't feel good to me. No, we want we want our our spouse, our family, our friends. We we want them to want to listen to us, you know, or be with us, or do something with us. And when it's we do things out of obligation, it's it's not the best way. We don't feel as loved when someone does something for us out of duty rather than out of desire. And in our relationship, I think this illustrates how I want those moment to moment, like check-ins, glances, smiles, winks, hugs, you know, 
I want those throughout times. But then if that's all you ever gave me, just the quick little in-between moments, and you never spent any prolonged, deep time getting to know me or connecting with me, listening to me, sharing your heart, it, it would severely limit our intimacy and our relationship and our love. And that, I think, is the same with God, how we need both. We need those times like a Sabbath day, like retreat days, intentional days, like date days, like vacations where we go away together. You know, we need those in our rhythm of kind of the heavy shower. But then we also need the touches, the daily touches and, and throughout the day of the connect, of the smaller connections. Yeah, a healthy relationship needs both. And uh, you're not going to feel loved if we don't have some long, saturating times together. And then the other point is that, well, those winks and smiles and hugs throughout the day aren't even going to be uh, possible. They're not going to, they're not going to naturally come out of a relationship if there isn't these, also these long saturating times, because the long saturating times together with a, a loved one facilitate that bond. And it's only as we have that, that heart bonding, uh, you hear us talk about that uh, you who are listening here, you hear us talk about this as the secure attachment relationship, mm-hmm. borrowing uh, from psychology and child development. And that's how we describe the easy yoke of Jesus, that this is an intimate relationship that where there's security. So it's in the context of that kind of a relationship of warmth and togetherness and heart connection that it is natural to have these touch-in points during the day. And that's the kind of relationship we want with the Lord. Well, and also, I remember when we had three little kids, and you were working three jobs, and I was working, there were times when we weren't getting as much time as we needed together. And I would come to you, and I would feel insecure, and I would start to question if you really loved me or wanted to be with me. And you would say, yes, and you know, don't you remember I said this, or I said that, and I had forgotten, I didn't remember. So I started actually, I would keep your notes little notes you would little love notes that you would leave me and I would reread them to remind myself at those times when you weren't available or I couldn't feel you or I couldn't get time with you that you still loved me that way and that's what we do when we're going over these scriptures when we're mm-hmm. recalling God's letters to us in scripture and we're meditating on it's like we're reminding ourselves of that reality and that truth that's still there for us so good that's how we want our relationship with the Lord to be so it was the last comment here on uh, Dallas's daily devotions. Uh, a key thing that he taught us was the importance of our attitude in doing disciplines to be experimental. That we're, we're venturing on the Lord as we try an activity, whether it's uh, fasting or uh, solitude and silence, Sabbath, uh, scripture meditation, confessing our sins, uh, small group participation, tithing, many different disciplines that we might do. And we want to do these in a way that's experimental, meaning like, okay, as I do this activity, how will God meet me? What will God do? How will I experience the grace of God? How will I hear his voice, the voice of the Lord that calls us the beloved? And so it's, it's part of our apprenticeship to Jesus. It's part of our, my, my life is Jesus's classroom for, for teaching me. And so I'm looking to learn from the experience. And so one of the things that Dallas taught was, well, it's really powerful to review your day. This goes back to Ignatius of Loyola and the Jesuits and the examine of consciousness. But to review the day and say, you know, how did it go? When did I experience God's presence today? 
And then to learn from that as we're beginning the next day. And so, uh, friends, we are so thankful for your being with us in this community, and we love to hear from you. We, we love it when you share your experience with Soul Talks. That guides us as we prepare topics and just getting to know you. And so uh, we heard from one of our listeners. Candy, thanks for contacting us and for sharing your appreciation. You said thank you for sharing your hearts with us each week. The podcast and blog on grieving in this time of COVID-19 was especially enlightening. And then thank you, Candy. You shared this with your church leadership and your soul friends and your family. And then you said that you appreciate the insight and knowledge married with our counseling background, that it's shedding light into your life. And it's our joy. We appreciate your sharing that. We so appreciate hearing from you. You know, 2,000 of you listen to our podcast every week, but only 72 of you have said thank you by rating us on the podcast app. And that really would help us. We would so appreciate it if you would take time to give us a podcast review. It's not actually as easy to do as it should be, but I make it real easy for you. There's four steps. You open your podcast app on your phone, and then you search. Go into the search. There's a magnifying glass for, for searching. You search on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We'll come right up. You'll see a big picture of us uh, with our Soul Talks branding. And so you click on that. And then that's going to get you into that uh, page. And you scroll to the bottom of it. And right there, you'll see write a review. So four steps. Podcast app, search Soul Talks, click on the big picture of us, and then scroll to the bottom to write a review. And you can do it. It'd be, it'd be fun if we get some hundreds of comments on there. It helps more people to find us. And we read those. And so we, we learn from your experience and we're encouraged by that. That writer review is right under five stars. So you, you might be easier to see the stars are a little bigger. And just you could just write on there a sentence about what do you appreciate about Soul Talks? Lord, thanks for putting us in community with our friends listening now. And Lord, we all just thank you for Dallas Willard. So many of us have just benefited from his teaching. Everyone listening to Soul Talks or experiencing the ministry of soul shepherding has at least benefited from Dallas indirectly because Dallas and also his wife, Jane, have been such a huge impact on Christy and me and our thinking, our relationship with you, Lord, and our, our way of doing ministry. And so we just pray blessings on the Willard family and on Dallas his legacy, and uh, just thank you for apprenticing us to Jesus in the kingdom of God through your servant, Dallas Willard. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everything in life begins with our intimacy with Jesus. So at Soul Shepherding, we've created prayer guides to help you cultivate your connection with the Lord. Our breath prayers, Ignatian meditation, and Lectio Divina guides help you to experience God in his word in deep and unique ways that will begin to transform you. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 